Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre owned inventory. Fabulous service department and sales team. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. So this just in for Penn State for the class of 2023. Off with a bang. Now I know Steve won't be able to comment on this, but a lot of reports out there that Penn State has landed the number one interior offensive line recruit in the nation, Alex Birchmeyer from Virginia. Six foot five, two seventy-five pounder from Ashburn, Virginia, number one prospect in Virginia, forty-second overall prospect in the country. Penn State, to me, this is a big, big win because guess who you beat out out of one of several teams? Ohio State. Anytime this goes without saying, but anytime Penn State can beat out Ohio State for these high-level prospects, this is a four-star recruit. Huge. Absolutely huge. Birchmeyer considered Penn State over Ohio State, Georgia, Pitt, LSU, Michigan, and apparently many others. And Penn State right now for 2022 still has the number three recruiting class in the nation. Big credit going to Phil Troutwine, the offensive line coach and running backs coach, Jawan Sider. And that's, that is just huge for Penn State. Again, you're able to beat out Ohio State. And this is a good little run they're on. This is a very good run. And then hopefully for them, they can keep it going. Because as we heard from Phil Steele earlier in the week, all that they've done so far, that's his number one most improved team you keep adding it to this way, pretty soon, hopefully you can be one day over, overtake Ohio State. Still got some time. Still obviously got some work to do, but this is a good run that they've been on. One of the better runs in the James Franklin era as far as recruiting goes, if, as far as my memory serves. So that's a big start for Penn State. Meanwhile, NBA Finals... 
I knew it was going to be a terrific series. I've said that right from the get-go, and finally everybody's starting to catch on to that. And last night was a tremendous ending. Every game, really, except maybe for Game 1, has been pretty entertaining so far in the NBA Finals. And you're talking about probably the play of the year. We'll see what the Bucks do, if the Bucks can make it happen. But, Steve, I think the Bucks are in primary spot to just win four straight and finish this in six, which was my original prediction. Who knows? Neither team's great, so... I mean, really, neither team's a great team. Right, to be, Let's be honest about it. Doesn't mean there aren't, you know, it's not that Booker's not a great player, Giannis is not a great player, Middleton's really good, Chris Paul. But you know what the great teams have? Tell me, who's the third best player on the Bucks? I would say Drew Holiday. Can't shoot. Can't shoot. Third best player on the Miami Heat was Chris Bosch. Hmm. Mario Chalmers was the fourth best player. He might be better than Holiday. Who's James Worthy out there? Who's Robert Parrish or Dennis Johnson? Who? Who's Dennis Rodman? Where? Bucks have two primary players. The Suns have two primary players. Aiton can be, but Aiton's not quite there yet. I mean, you know, he's very limited as to what he does. He does. He can't face up and shoot or anything like that. But these are two good teams. They are not great teams. Last night was a really good game, I thought. Um, and it was. I mean, it was a fun game to watch. The Giannis play was a great play. It was a great, great play. And the Aiden's got him. And he made up all that ground. He blocked the shot. On a night where Giannis offensively was not good, he still found ways to help them win. He rebounded well. He set up other people well. He got that big block. I mean, the great players will do that. You know, On a night where they don't have it, they find a way to have it and win. He did that. Middleton played really well last night. He had, what, 40? What, he had 40 last night? Yeah, 42, I think. Yeah, did so on 33 shots. Eh, okay. So it's kind of a volume performance. But the difference between Middleton and Giannis is simple. Middleton's a closer. Giannis is not. Giannis is not a closer. He's not a guy that you go to with a minute to go. Middleton, to his credit, has shown the ability to make big shots at big moments like he did against the Nets and then last night. Um, and Booker had 42 last night, but he did it on 28 shots. That's 1.5 points a shot. Ooh, that's phenomenal. But the officiating last night was just awful. There's no getting around. It was awful. Gee, where have we heard this before? I just, but I don't get. I mean, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder should be fined for what he did last night. Over and over again. Flopping, falling down, and getting away with it. What? No. They're going to do something about that. They're not going to. 
Hey, the league's got enough problems as it is. And they got some problems. But I, I uh, it's it was a it was a really good game. Look, the Bucks are down nine. To their credit, they come back. Down nine. This is where having a home crowd makes a gigantic difference. It makes a huge difference. I thought they played a role in. I mean, they, you know, contrary to popular belief, I don't think they do anything to intimidate the opposing team. These are professionals, for goodness sakes. Think Chris Paul sitting like going, "Wow, that's a lot of people." <laughs> no, it's not how it works. But they do spur emotionally the home team. That's where I think that they have done that. that that's the difference I think they make. Because I think they do a lot to spur the home team on. And I think they did that last night with Milwaukee. They're down nine. And... Again, the inability of Chris Paul was not good last night. I mean, he was not good last night. You expect a little bit more from your 36-year-old veteran on the road than what we saw last night. Yeah, totally inexcusable turnover of trying to cross up somebody. I mean, you can't do that at that point of the game. you got to make sure you have the ball. Well, at you know, and somebody who's been through it over and over and over again in his lifetime, you sit back and say, "Wow!" Right when your team needed it, that was a stinker. Booker was terrific. He didn't have a great game three. He bounced back and played a great game last night. Paul did not. Middleton played really well last night, but I mean, the difference between the fact that these are not these are good teams, not great teams. Neither one of these teams has a third guy. Neither team does. I mean, Byron Scott was the fourth guy for the Lakers. Bob McAdoo came off the bench. Hey. Bill Walton came off the Celtics bench. Ooh. Might be a little bit better than P.J. Tucker. But that's, I mean, but you go with what you have. But this is where the NBA's, you know, they'll, they'll suffer. The All-Star game had 8 million, what, 8.2 million? And the Suns-Bucks was, what, 9.3 or whatever? So they barely beat out an exhibition game. And it is an exhibition game. Although Riomoto hit a home run, and you know, and the and the Yankees weren't a winning team for once, no. Get the on. lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Uh, All star game, by the way, eight point two three seven million viewers, actually higher than twenty nineteen. Eight point one six two, higher. All right, now the, how about this one? USA carried 
the other night WWE NXT I don't I've never seen it but 707,000 viewers USA Basketball versus Argentina on NBC Sports that 267,000 Wow Well, I think the problem with that is I usually they Team USA does a pretty good job of when they're playing, like promoting it. I haven't seen one promotion of when they're playing. Like I have no idea when they're playing. All three games so far, I had no idea they played the night before, or else I would have tuned in to watch. I'll tune in to watch when they're in the Olympics. I mean, there's nothing at stake. They're just playing exhibition games. I mean, I think that's, you know. Um, I, th- I think that's a big part of it. I mean, the games, once they get to the Olympics, the games mean something. We're going to have Jerry Dulac on today talking about the Open Championship. Louis Ustay is an outstanding, as was Jordan Spieth today. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau is mad at his driver. And I don't mean the person that took him to the course. He only hit four of 14 fairways today. And when you miss the fairway at the British Open, you're in the Lyme disease area. Not good. All right, we'll take a break. Great to have you with us today. Matt thinks this is the greatest NBA final ever. It's okay. It's tied 2-2. You might garner more viewers now because it's 2-2. And last night was a good game. I mean, in terms of a game game, it was a good game. I mean, the players are good. A couple of great ones in there. But it's tied at two games apiece. They got a shot. And maybe now that it's 2-2, maybe people are going to look at it differently and start tuning in. Plus, the Yankees have, you know, are not drawing viewers away. In fact, what we we put together—did we put together that that piece we wanted to put together on Yankee base running to put on our website? Not yet. Or, or, or I said all the outs that made on the bases. I guess we couldn't do it because it was going to be too long. Yeah, a lot of post production there. Unfortunately. Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots, 11 and 15. In Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Yeah, your team's back in action tonight, right? Yeah, against your squad. Oh, I just watch. I don't... I don't think too much about stuff like that. Well, I watch some games, listen to them. So, hmm. it's what I do. I get so immersed now in 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 what I do. Um, you know, the games I call, things like that. I mean, I was spending this morning going through all of the. Uh, Updates on all the teams Penn State's going to play in basketball this year. You know, uh, putting in, uh, you know, some of the transfers, you know, the late ones, because I already had gone through everybody to begin with, but there's always changes that happen late. For example, Minnesota added four guys to their roster, things like that. I was doing that this morning. I wasn't even thinking about who's going to be playing tonight. I realize that the Yankees' ability to win tonight's game is giving you a reason to live. <laughs> it could be possible tonight. It's Rodriguez and Domingo Herman. I hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I haven't even thought about it. I didn't even know who was pitching tonight. I think I heard Rodriguez was pitching and listening to the Red Sox game on Sunday with the Phillies. Ranger Suarez, by the way, came in and got uh, seven outs to get a save. Pretty impressive. Phillies have, what, blown, what, 22 saves already this year? Oh, yeah, it's bad. Mm. That is a hard way for any manager to live. Man, that's a hard way to live. Wow. Really difficult. Yeah, why he can't manage the team. Look how he manages the bullpen. What if you're looking out at the bullpen and all your options are not great? You need to have somebody. When you make a move, you need to have somebody come through for you. I mean, you don't think the Chief and I have had that talk many times? <laughs> oh, that's, I'm sorry. That's just a different story. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. 
Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us today on the show. Matt, all fired up today about the... NBA Finals thinks it's the greatest final ever. <laughs> Bit of a stretch, but that's okay. Certainly a lot better than last year's final. Well, nobody watched last year's final. Exactly. People are at least watching this year's final. It still not be. It's, it still might be in the bottom sector, but the bottom line is this finals is doing better. Then LeBron, Lakers, Heat last year. It's the second lowest rating ever for a final. But it's still better than LeBron and the Lakers. All I'm saying is that it shows you, it may not be the top, but at least shows you that people do care about the other teams in the NBA other than the usual suspects and the usual suspect players. Who can be Jeez, nauseating I, at times? I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't think you can make that argument. I mean, you just had the home run derby, which means nothing, get 7.2 million viewers. You just had the All Star game, which, believe it or not, means nothing. Okay. I mean, it means nothing. And and it got 8.2 million. This is the end. This is the championship, right? I don't disagree. The league has problems. I mean, you you and I both know that. But People what I'm saying is, watching. the league can look. But he, the, ra- he, the ratings are down forty percent from two years ago, and you did not have a rated market team in the final. I mean, you didn't have the advantage of having one of the other teams be in a rated market. Toronto's not a rated market. And you're still down 40%. Man, they still got a long way to go, but the fact that, again, we're talking low totem pole here, so this is why the league is has still a lot of problems. But maybe you work, start working things around a little bit and you start learning from some of the numbers. Well, okay. People still didn't watch when we had LeBron, but people are still overall not watching, but the numbers were still better than last year. So maybe we can build off that. Maybe we can learn from these slight numbers to try and work our way a long way back up. Like Adam Silver last night was talking to Maria Taylor about mm-hmm. like maybe doing in-season tournaments. Are you not paying attention at all? Um. Okay. Um. When you hear a league do that, then they're desperate. Well, of course they are, but they're making stupid thought decisions based on the being desperate, based on the desperation. Well, that's that's why you end up making stupid decisions. 
Um, that's a big problem when you start doing stuff like that. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't like the fact that they put in the play-in thing. Same. I was like, come on. I mean, that that way you could get LeBron and the Lakers in against uh, uh, Curry in the in the in Golden State. You got, I mean, you got a problem. And when you start making decisions like we're going to do a mid mid year tournament, a mid year tournament to do what? What's the purpose of the mid year tournament? What? What does that do? What does it do? What's the purpose of it? You're going to be able to take advantage of certain things, which I think the NBA has done a great great job over time of taking advantage of, like, okay, we're going to do something different. We're going to have games on Christmas. Okay? Wow. Well, nobody's playing on Christmas. I mean, I mean the biggest Christmas Day sporting event used to be the Blue-Gray game. Or every once in a while, an NFL playoff game would be on Christmas. The legendary Dolphins-Chiefs game that went to two overtimes was on Christmas Day. Red Podolak had a billion yards from scrimmage. Podolak's a riot. You'd love him. He, I mean, Podolak is a riot. He does color for the Iowa Network. And he's just a great guy. But... I mean, they took advantage of Christmas. I think they did a great job of getting the finals. Now, they haven't obviously have not had the finals in June since the aforementioned Toronto-Golden State Series. But getting the finals in June, where they own the month of June, where the free agency part, which we actually probably would have come, it would have come and gone by now, would have come and gone by now, the free agency part. But July, you know, the, you know, the finals are over with. You got the draft. Get a little momentum off of that, even though the draft doesn't mean as much. But still, it's it's a part of the cycle. And then you're starting to get rumors about free agency. And then July first hits, boom, free agency. And the NBA owns the cycle, so they haven't had any of that. We're going to have the draft at the end of this month. Uh, I don't know when free agency starts. It probably starts right after that. But the NBA had done a good job of finding its niche. Eh, it doesn't really matter so much if we start Thanksgiving. We're, we're really an afterthought. But Christmas? Oh, here we go. Just like the NHL did a great job of putting an outdoor game on New Year's Day. Found the niche. It's great. A little separator. This mid-year tournament is not a separator. It is it is a sign of desperation. Putting games on Christmas is not a sign of desperation. It's taking advantage of an opening. There is no opening. For... Um, the NBA. With that. That doesn't do anything. You're up at, at that point. You've got competition. You're up against college basketball. You're up again. You know what are you going to put it on? Uh, at that point, you're you know you're up against baby bowl games. Could be the college football playoff. There's a lot going on. 
and here's probably the dumbest of the decisions so far, is the NBA is already going back to, they've already said they're going back to the regular format of starting the season in October, which I think is a terrible mistake. I loved it when the season started at Christmas. No, no. You're, that one you're wrong about. You're wrong about that one. You like it better starting in October. You've got 82 games you have to play. They started at Christmas, they played 72. They need to get back to 82 games financially. I, by playing, by starting at Christmas, you're back in the same scenario you are now. You're playing the finals in July. They need to get back to starting in October so they can play an 82-game schedule that's a little more spread out for travel, things like that. And you're having the finals end right around June 20th and then having the draft around June 25th or 26th and then free agency on the 1st where you're back to owning the cycle. Well, I guess finances is one thing, but I just think from a fan's perspective, at least for me, I'm fine with 72 games starting December, still end by mid to end of June. Can't you can't pay the players? They can't. They can't make money. They can't make money when they're losing five home dates apiece. That's why they play as many games as they play. By losing five home dates apiece. Um, by losing five home dates apiece, you now push back your ability to make money deeper into the playoffs. Now, I mean, let me put it this way. The fact that the Bucks won last night means that ESPN ABC has a chance now to make between 50 and $100 million. That's what the numbers mean. Okay? Now, the question's going to be, on the broadcast side, what will ESPN now do with Game 6 on the air? Now I think they I think Maria Taylor will still be there for game 6. I think her contract runs out that day. But if they get to game 7, she's not under contract. Now, does it make a difference? Nope. <laughs> Sorry, but it really doesn't. I mean, my goodness, I mean, I'd like to know what the ratings are for the pregame show. I mean, seriously. That's another valid point. I mean, what are the ratings for the pregame show? They're not as good. I mean, this is the second lowest final ever, ratings-wise. I can guarantee you the pregame show, NBA Countdown, is lower than that. That needs a lot of work in itself. That show's never been good. No. show has never been good. And it looks like she's heading to NBC from what I've been seeing yesterday. That's fine. She can do whatever she wants. It's her life. <laughs> Seriously, it's her life. I mean, it's it's all playing out like it's you know on a stage like this. But um, I 
I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Just can't. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt wants fewer games. He wants everything to end earlier. He doesn't want to be inconvenienced. (laughs) And this doesn't include the NBA, too. This is also the NHL. I would like to see a shorter NHL season. Never going to happen. I know. Never going to happen. Simple as that. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. They can't make any money. That's the bottom line. Uh, I think in the NHL, they don't start making money in the NHL, for example, until they get to the conference finals. That's how long it takes to be on the plus side. I wouldn't doubt the NBA's, you know, the NBA TV contract's better, obviously. Better. But that's how long it takes these guys to make money. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I think they think that, oh, yeah, yeah, $1.2.6 billion. I mean, you know, NHL players get paid less than NBA players. But it just takes a long time to make money. That's why you need. That's why you need to play 82 games. I mean, that's why Major League Baseball they need to pay, play 162 games. You know, why do you think the NFL's out there playing 17 going on 18? Do you think they get the extra money from TV? More inventory. And it's not just more national TV inventory. You're talking about um, you're talking about um, getting um, regional TV networks radio networks, things like that. I mean, you need inventory. When you look at, let's just take, um, what is what, AT&T Sportsnet? Um, on the cable system there? Yep. Okay. So AT&T Sportsnet is on the cable system. So in a normal year, the Pirates would be on 162 games. Now, there's some games that, okay, but you got 
you've got spring training games added in. So let's subtract games which are national or, you know, they want to do like, hey, we're going to put it on Facebook. Okay, great. I can't believe only 20 people logged in. Uh, Way to go. Thinking too much? All right. um, But um, the... But you sit there and you look at it. So it's 170 games with the preseason, right? Now let's look at hockey. They play 82 games. Um, there'll be some that aren't national, but you'll do some preseason. So in the end, it still ends up being about 82 when you add in the preseason and subtract the national. Plus, you get, you know, with the Penguins, you get a first round of the playoffs. I don't think you get the second round, I think you only get the first round. So let's just say it's 85 games. You're talking about for AT&T Sportsnet. That is 255 out of 365 nights of programming for you. That's what it means. That's what it means. To have that kind of... uh, and they're they're paying money for it now. The now in Pittsburgh, you're not going to get as much money as, you know, Yes Network, which has the Yankees and the Nets. You're not going to have that. But that's where you get the financial difference. These regional sports networks, these regional sports networks bring in a lot of coin. It's not just the national network of $1.4 billion from ESPN, $1.2 billion from TNT. There's more to it than that. It makes a big difference. I mean, that's what I mean, and you you can make up. I mean, that, that's my big problem with the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a great. The weird thing is about the Dodgers, they actually have a great TV contract, but nobody carries them because they they're demanding so much money from cable systems to carry them. They're looking around like we're not going to do that. Jerry Dulac next hour. Matt wants baseball to be 70 games. Matt wants the NBA to be 30. The NHL to be 20. All of his answers, by the way, are based off of, he's looked at the respective starts of his teams. The Sixers, the Flyers, the Yankees, after those benchmarks are all in good shape. It's after that they fall apart, so he doesn't want to go any further. Now that's research. Actually, it's due to football season. Football season? How many games you want in football season? I was good with 16. I don't like the extra games either. (laughs) 